going on, everybody? You're listening to Sane Show, show about nothing and everything. I'm your host, Cliff. And today I have another special guest joining us. I have the director of global sponsorship for South by Southwest, a festival that we are all very familiar with. I have Scott McNearney joining us today. How are you doing this afternoon, Scott? Great. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yes, I'm super excited to have you on. And thank you again for taking time out of your schedule to join us on Sane Show today. Yeah, absolutely. I'm stoked. So really quick, before I introduce the topics, I want to take a moment to shout out all of our listeners at all 60 plus countries around the world. Thank you guys. I love you guys. Thank you guys for continuing to like, share and subscribe to Sane Show. And if you're listening and you don't already follow us on our social platforms, be sure to check us out on Instagram and Twitter at Sane underscore show. That's Sane, S-A-N-E underscore show on Instagram and Twitter. And then you can find us on Facebook, that Sane Show. Again, on Facebook, it's Sane Show, S-A-N-E on the show. So today we're going to have a conversation about the future of music festivals. And then we're going to have a conversation about audience engagement. And then following that, we're going to have an interview with you, Scott, so the listeners can learn more about you, the things you do, and all the fun and exciting things that go along with that. Cool? Yeah, that sounds great. All right. So let's go ahead and hop right into it with our first topic, future of music festivals there, especially at South by Southwest, you, know, you all have been directly affected by the pandemic and, you know, the, the entertainment industry, especially the touring industry has you know, definitely been one of the industries hit the hardest. I mean, there's a lot to talk about when we talk about, you know, implementing virtual strategies. And as you've mentioned in previous conversations, you know, even like hybrid and such. And, you know, I know listeners are curious to know as far as the entire festival landscape, you know, how will everyone adjust, you know, based on what's happening now and trying to move forward and looking at post pandemic. And, you know, the, the biggest thing on everyone's mind is how different will things be? So, you know, I want to hand it over to you to just, you know, share your thoughts just on the industry landscape when it comes to, you know, major music festivals like, you know, South by Southwest, um, Lollapalooza and all the other big festivals out there. Yeah, that's a huge question, and I don't have a crystal ball, but you know, we're talking a lot every day about about what makes sense today, next month, and what's going to be possible. So there's what you know our intentions are from a production of event standpoint, and then there's and then there's you know where we are with regard to um, you know the pandemic situation and so forth. Uh, it's important to consider that South by Southwest is similar to other traditional consumer music festivals in certain ways, and then quite different in, in other ways than, than a Lollapalooza or Coachella, et cetera. So we're focused uh, on industry thought leaders and press coming from around the world, 110 countries plus represented each year. Our showcases occur during the music festival, for instance, on around 100 stages in nightclubs in the central downtown Austin area. Whereas a lot of traditional music festivals occur in more in parks that are sort of built from the ground up uh, with maybe six, eight, ten different stages. So our music festival looks very different than a lot of other events, and it, it creates a unique offering that that's really unmatched by any other event at the scale, certainly. Um, and to be able to bring the industry together, the press together, and all thousands of creatives from all over to help advance their works is is, is huge and for everybody. Uh, it's an exciting opportunity to bounce from from venue to venue and discover new music. Um, one of the 
big questions we have is after all of this, knowing that uh, South by Southwest relies on independent uh, music venues, independent film venues, et cetera, what is the venue landscape going to look like, even in an entertainment-rich market like Austin, Texas? Um, and so understanding what venues will actually still be in business and then what their capabilities are to, to um, you know, work with them to produce shows and, and book some, you know, top emerging talent uh, is one of the big questions for us. So I think that we have the, while we, we had the misfortune of being one of the big, first big events canceled because of the pandemic on, I believe it was March 6th, 2020, we're going to be one of the later major festival type events to um, try to come back in an in-person. Um, and so we'll have seen by then, you know, what a fall Coachella, what a Lollapalooza, et cetera, look like. And we'll be able to learn, hopefully, from those events. I mean, you bring up a really good point. Because one of the things I'm, I didn't think about until you mentioned it, when you talk about you know, the, the number of different stages and the number of different nightclubs that are involved, I mean, it's, on the surface, it's easy to just look at it as a music festival, but then understanding how involved it actually is, when you talk about the different entities that are, you know, because you're, you're talking about the entire city of Austin, pretty much, that's involved in this. So I guess I'm thinking from like a business perspective, like the infrastructure, everything that goes into the making of the festivals and and like you said, right, seeing, you know, what nightclubs are still open and obviously, so it, it, it's a lot more involved because I've never done a festival. So uh, definitely a lot more involved than I thought. And then two, you know, again, with you guys being one of the largest festivals, I've, I would assume all eyes are on you guys as well as some of the other ones to see, okay, how are they going to adapt? What are they going to do? And I think, I, I guess what you say, it is a, a great opportunity to, for you, even though, yes, it's a challenging uh, time, would you say it's also a great opportunity to see how you guys can innovate upon what you guys have may have done previously and taken and maybe try you know, as far as what we can look to do going forward with the festival? Yeah, it is. It, it's a challenge, but we, we I think we have to look at it as an opportunity. Certainly the, the sort of hybrid future approach is really important. So getting back to producing what Southwest of the West had done and evolved and grown um, for 33 years straight before the first ever cancellation, you know, getting back to that in-person experience, that human experience together and live music in front of a live audience, et cetera, is, is, is critical. The virtual component of Southwest of the West, this, this March, we were, because of the pandemic, we had an all online or virtual experience when we were sort of forced into that model. So we spent the last year basically changing how we produce what it is we produce. But we had, there were a lot of successes in um, having done so. We learned a lot from that experience and we'll be applying a lot of the, the learnings from the virtual experience to a future hybrid experience in, in March of next year and, and beyond. So hopefully we'll, we'll have a very robust conference and festival in March in person with all the appropriate safety protocols and and also a not only a March but a but an extended content offering to our community into the spring summer and ideally throughout the year moving forward. This is just me speaking because again I'm I'm not directly involved in it but it sounds fun. I know it's it's a lot that 
has to be done, but it sounds fun. And, and I, I say that too, because, you know, starting out, you know, I was like gun ho about getting in touring business and, you know, even wanting to at some point have my own touring company. And I just think about some of the ideas that I've had as far as, in a sense, virtualizing the experience. And because I, I think at the, ultimately, you know, especially we talk about the in-person experience, I think it in part comes down to people at the end of the day, people, people want something, people want to feel a part of something. And whether it's immersive or like they're actually there, like they want to feel a part of something. That's just something that always sticks out in my mind. And I, and I think that's at the end of the day what makes like the festival experience a very unique experience because you're not just there listening to music, but you're doing all these other things as well, especially with a festival like South by Southwest. Well, it's just, you know, yeah, exactly. You're having, you're having that, you're seeing some amazing music, but you're having that experience with so many others. Um, right. Recently, Certainly, um, you know, social and, and sort of, you know, humans are pack animals and we want to be together and having experiences together. So and that's part of the magic that of South by Southwest is bringing people together into a into a, you, many different um, unique and exciting experiences. And, and the music piece of it is a huge driver for sort of, of the heart and soul and spirit of South by Southwest emerging musical talent that you could stumble from venue to venue. Um, and just hear some amazing um, artists that you never had heard of before, um, but discover something, you know, see the, the, you know, the White Stripes played here to 500 people in a small club um, before they blew up. You know, there's many different, um, many different examples of that, um, you know, small artists that become huge artists of tomorrow. So it's, it's exciting to see some of, you know, these artists like the Strokes played early smaller shows at South by Southwest and, club shows and then you know went on to um, blow up into festival circuits amy winehouse had played a number of afternoon parties including a party in front of maybe 100 people under a tent you know during south by southwest right before she blew up and, and within two or three months of that performance she was on the cover of rolling stone and and spin magazine and um blender magazine at the time so you know south by southwest serves as as a barometer for the music industry and also a springboard event for creatives. And so regardless of the job that each of us does at South by Southwest, I, I think that's one of the main drivers that keeps us engaged and keeps us doing it even when sometimes the internal planning is, can be incredibly stressful. We're back. Now we're going to talk about audience engagement. Uh, this is something, a big one for me, <laughs> you know, being a podcaster, again, having an interest in the touring business and early interest in marketing as well. So, you know, naturally drew to, uh, you know, sponsorship and, you know, again, in, in your role, obviously the same can be said for you uh, when it comes to sponsors. And I, I, I love have the, having the conversation about sponsorship. And I, I just want you to would like for you to give the listeners insight into this as it relates to you know what you do and you know the factor of audience engagement when it comes to sponsorships for a festival like South by Southwest. Yeah, so my background started years ago when I was playing in bands, touring in baby bands, and ended up being basically the business manager, default business manager for the. Uh, 
for the acts that I was in. So I was dealing with booking agent, record label, um, entertainment lawyer, et cetera. Um, and so I got into promotions and understanding the business end of things. And I think I had a natural aptitude and, and sort of um, desire to understand how everything worked within the business. And uh, so that sort of led into a years long growth of promotions and marketing, working in experiential nightlife and ultimately working for an agency and representing multiple national and global brands doing experiential nightlife events throughout the year in dozens of, of clubs and other venues. And so that's really, I think that background has helped set me up to represent South by Southwest in a unique way in that I have the, the artist's background and I understand and respect the, the creative vision, um, but I also have an interest in now many years of experience in working with brands of all types and all sizes in helping them to engage with the South by Southwest audiences in the right ways. Um, so bringing more value to the South by Southwest experience um, while also conveying, you know, the brand's interest and how their uh, relevancy to the industry thought leaders, to creatives, to the different subsets of attendees, to the press, to the general consumer base. Um, there are a lot of different subsets of attendees at South by Southwest that are that can be engaged in different ways. You know, the film community um, may react to certain brand engagement in a different way than perhaps consumers around around music or tech thought leaders, gaming developers, et cetera. So we try to work to tailor programs where we understand both the goals of the creative work on one side and the goals of um, marketing goals of a brand that wants to engage on the other end. And so when all the parties I think can be in a conversation with at least a general understanding of why it makes sense to be working together, um, that's that's really like the base that we, um, the base toward uh, building something that's meaningful and that makes sense and is relevant for everyone involved. What would you say are some of your have been some of your favorite activations, if if that's the right term I'm using, as yeah. far as you know, sponsors that have participated in previous South by Southwest festivals? Well, from a so there's a lot of different things we've worked on over the years that have been meaningful. Um, some of them, like for instance, Twitter had just launched, and I think I want to say 2004. We built a, a a campaign of of kind of a floating zeitgeist screens around South by Southwest before really anyone knew who or many people knew who Twitter was or what Twitter was. Um, and you'd see these semicircles of of people of all types on on you know early version of smartphones um, getting into Twitter and figuring out what it was and um, so that you know those kinds of programs are really fun to see things come into life. Uh, in real life. And that was around the time when that sort of energy that you get around live music, when you're there in person, you feel this almost palpable energy. That was around the time when that sort of excitement and energy even started coming into the interactive aspect of South by Southwest. So when you're talking about digital innovation and you start feeling this really positive, you know, energy and excitement around it, uh, you know, that you're on, a, you know, something really meaningful. And by mid-year that year, fall at the latest major brands like Verizon and other brands were 
were you know, running national campaigns that included their Twitter handle and that sort of thing. So um, that, that those kinds of programs are fun to help um, to help kind of feature a technology that helps create a better human connection. I've worked on a number of programs that included creative talent, um, including everything from Doritos and Lady Gaga doing a performance in a smaller than far smaller than um, normal venue she would play in, as well as being the music keynote speaker at our com- music conference that year. Um, this very in-depth, many months long planning, working with her management at the time, but also working with the uh, Doritos brand, Frito-Lay brand, on putting something together that was meaningful for both the brand, but also worked for the artist. Um, we launched American Express, their sync platform that that leveraged the Twitter platform for, for perks and, and unique opportunities to produce a Jay-Z concert in a small venue at South by Southwest for registrants of South by Southwest who were also uh, Amex card holders or who engaged and, and applied to be Amex card holders. That was another fun one. Um, we've worked with Joseph Gordon-Levitt, the actor, and um, Sean Lennon, John Lennon's son, on on a hit record program, which is a, basically a crowdsourcing um, content, um, video and film content platform. Tons of really cool things we've done to help where creatives have come in to help use their audience influence and um, high visibility to launch new ideas, to launch new products. And, uh, you know, like the Gaga program was awesome in that everyone knew who Lady Gaga was. She did a really special performance at South by Southwest, but she also brought an act, a, a musical act from New York that most people hadn't heard of um, to open. So to have a huge artist like that, funded by a brand that's presenting themselves in a, in a way that that is meaningful on site and then to have that program ultimately also help emerging creative artists receive more recognition uh, is really valuable and, and exciting to be a part of. So there's just like a ton of these types of programs that we've worked on over the years where brands have come in, support creatives in unique ways um, to kind of tell a story of a creative work, but also um, demonstrate how a brand's um, relevancy does and should matter to our audience. Wow, that um, just listening to all that reminds me of uh, Coca-Cola. I'm a big fan of their marketing and how they do a lot of content marketing and just think about some of the campaigns that they have done. So that's, that <laughs> that's really awesome stuff. That's really awesome stuff. Yeah, it's cool when you work with brands that are willing to be creative and they take those brands that take the time and and respect, you know, the understanding of what do the creatives at South by Southwest want? What do what can we do for musical acts, for instance, um, or startups, digital startups or game developers, whatever filmmakers um, that will make a difference in their um, career trajectory? Brands that do that while also ensuring that they meet their own brand marketing goals are the ones that really find by far the greatest success through engagement at South by Southwest and other events. I'm sure anybody that listens to this, if you've gone to a traditional music festival and you've seen various brand activations, there are almost certainly some that that stick out to you as as having added, added value to your experience and others that maybe you weren't even sure why they were there or what they were trying to say. So the way just be just showing up isn't enough. You really need to like show up in a way that's relevant to the audience and, and demonstrate how your presence there makes their added value to your experience and others that 
maybe you weren't even sure why they were there or what they were trying to say. So the way just be just showing up isn't enough. You really need to like show up in a way that's relevant to the audience and, and demonstrate how your presence there makes their experience better. And the brands that think that out and do it in the right ways are the ones that, you know, really kind of hit a home run with their programs. Coca-Cola's done some cool stuff in that space too, especially with digital startups and some of the support they've done over the years with not just not just funding projects, but also leveraging some of their um, some of their corporate infrastructure, some of their reach through social, some of their um, you know internal um, resources that are far greater than you know a startup will have. But going in and helping uh, helping to basically amplify a story and help startups or, or other creatives connect with new audiences. So brands can do things in interesting ways, and sometimes it it means spending money, and uh, other times it means perhaps tapping into resources that those brands may already have at their disposal. All right, we're back now for the interview questions. So Scott, I'm going to go ahead and uh, fire off with these questions so that the listeners and I can learn more about you, the work that you do, and all the fun things that go along with that. So my first question to you, creatives are often weary of corporate brands. What are some misconceptions that creatives and businesses have about each other? And how does South by Southwest mitigate conflict to ensure proper alignment and create an environment for successful brand activation? Yeah, that's a really awesome question. And it's, I think clear communication is a really important part of conveying to both on the creative end, as well as on the brand end, you know, what's important to all those involved. Um, The brands that are the best fit for partnership with an event like South by Southwest and other conference and festival events are the brands that really care and seek to, to add value to the experience overall. I think 10, 15 years ago, a sponsored stage or brand supported tours and that sort of thing was perhaps looked at as, as a little more of a, I don't know if you'd say sellout, but more of a, you know, it had more of a stigma attached to it. Whereas I think these days, especially with the um, state of the recording industry and, um, you know, without the, without CD and record sales as that used to fund so much, the industry having brand support tours and other creative um, performance and experience has become more a normal part of the entertainment experience. As some brands do it more tastefully than others, um, and in some properties like South by Southwest and others, we have certain limits on on how we allow brands to show up because we know what resonates with our audience. We know where the lines are on any number of uh, different ways that brands might like to engage. Like for instance, we're hyper sensitive and careful about not sharing contact information for our registrant base, for instance, our core industry participant and audience and press members and so forth. So we have to be careful. We have to help brands to dial into the right creative press and so forth, attendee bases, but we also have to protect the, the, um, you know, the privacy of our thought leaders and our decision makers that make up the core base of uh, South by Southwest registrant attendees each year. So it's, it's a delicate balance and it takes ongoing work oftentimes throughout a season to really find the right 
the right um, way for a brand to show up and then find the right ways for brands to um, connect with the South by Southwest attendees, as well as the online global community that follows South by Southwest. Okay. So my next question to you, South by Southwest sets several themes or topics for each year of the event. How do you incorporate those themes into the event? And do you intentionally seek out sponsors, creatives, et cetera, that reflect certain themes? Yes. So our programming uh, people, we have dozens of people that put together the conference, it's more than 2000 talks or panels, we call them sessions, mentor sessions and so forth. We have a music festival booking department, film festival booking department. Uh, so they're really putting together the right creative vision for each year South by Southwest. So we've based, started as a music conference and festival, music industry conference and festival um, in 87, 1994, um, what became interactive and film were started. And so those three main pillars of, of programming, film, music, and digital tech innovation um, remain three of the main drivers of, of what most of the rest of the programming is built on. We expanded into gaming and environment and social causes and so forth. But music, film, and tech is, is largely what we build the programming on. We ha have tried to, um, in the past five to seven years, we've looked at South by Southwest as a more convergent event as our industry and have, have wanted to be a part of the tech conversation, the film conversation, the music conversation. So we, we've created more what we call convergent programming than ever before. So not exclusively music, not exclusively film, et cetera. And, and then how we take these collectively thousands of individual events that happen over 10 days. We, in 2019, we programmed more than 7,000 events over 10 days with nearly 2,000 musical showcases, more than 2,000 um, panels and talks, um, 350 films plus um, screened then taking all of this robust programming and presenting it in a way that's possible for people to navigate has been a challenge. So the events evolve each year. We um, stay current with what the conversations of today and the future are as far as doing business and music, film and tech uh, and more. Uh, and so the evolution of programming is never ends. Each year it changes what we've focused on the last few years and we'll see again in South by Southwest 2022 is focusing more on on quality than quantity so we may narrow down the number of themes in other words like broad sort of focus directions of the programming and then narrow down the the what we call tracks which are the more more focused dialed in um, conversational areas of programming so in 2019 we had around, I believe it was 22 tracks of programming. And in 2022, um, we have yet to set the number of tracks, but it may be more like 15 tracks, for instance, with with five overarching themes of programming. So we're trying to give layers of, of programming identification and, and, and focus so people that have it, an area of, of interest and or expertise can find their right path to navigate South by Southwest and get the most out of it. Awesome. That's very well thought out. Like that approach. So how has your history as a performer helped prepare you for your work in experiential marketing and now in sponsorship agreements? Yeah, I, I think I think my natural interest in I mean, even when I was in a tiny band signing a you know a record deal that was 
not worth a whole lot of money. I was very interested in what every clause of the contract meant. And I had our entertainment lawyer explain to me exactly what it all means. So I think at this point I could, you know, almost qualify for an honorary uh, law degree of some sort, having worked on these contracts with major brands that can range from from 10 pages to 40 or 50 pages long, depending on all the content included. Uh, so for me, it's been an evolution uh, with, an, with an ongoing interest in how things work, asking a lot of questions. I'll ask a ton of questions of brands and, and you know what the brand personality is, what their marketing goals are, how they've engaged at other events that make sense and, and what they'd like to bring to South by Southwest, their message and their engagement style. Um, and, and, and then we try to try to connect that with the right sort of creative and on the ground vision for execution or activation, making things happen and engagement. Um, and, and then, and then putting that on paper, you know, where the business terms meet the, the legal terms and understanding the connection of those two areas has been a part of how we've been able to clearly articulate upfront what the collective goals are, set expectation for everybody. So that if there are questions or things we have to read and react and to some unforeseen challenge, um, we have at least um, you know some direct, some general directional paths to follow that will um, you know to to find solutions. Basically, thank you for that. My last question, though, putting on an event digitally comes with many challenges. What was one issue or obstacle that genuinely surprised you during the process of putting on a virtual event? Yeah, so planning the events, normally we, as I mentioned, we'll have at a music festival almost 100 stages. We'll have around a dozen film theaters, dozens and dozens of panel rooms or talk, you know, rooms to have conversations in panels, sessions, mentor sessions, et cetera, interviews. We focused our Southwest West online event uh, as a five-channel program. It ran 12 hours a day for five days, and then there was an overnight replay of those recordings for a global audience in, uh, you know, in Asia and the other side of the globe. We had a number of challenges that created new opportunities, like, for instance, our international participation. Um, while it's strong at a, at a normal you know, times, South by Southwest, it grew by you know, a pretty good percentage for the online event because we, we found an audience that had wanted to participate in South by Southwest but perhaps couldn't fly to, to the United States to be a part of a normal event. Um, that's been a great opportunity to reach new audiences uh, and to focus on quality over quantity was another, I think, challenge for our programmers to look at you know, so many good ideas that are presented to us and that we collaborate on each year from a programming standpoint, whether panels or musical acts, or films and so forth, but to, to really narrow it down to a, a great set of programming. There's always more great programming available than that we're able to feature even at an in-person event, but, but narrowing it down to um, some of the strongest emerging creative works that also offer a, a diverse sort of off overall offering of topics and focus and perspectives. And I'll say that some of the best programming over the years, and I think everyone in our programming group would, would agree is, uh, are the, the sessions, the talks and the, and the, the content where, where there are differing or varying points of view. So taking, you know, taking an idea or a focus for a conversation 
hearing different perspectives and then and then talking about what are possible solutions to advance, uh, you know, solve a problem, advance a work, advance an industry, and that sort of thing. Like you like you mentioned earlier, right? Where there's a challenge, there's an opportunity. <laughs> yeah, we, I think we need to stay positive and, and focus that way. You know, we no matter how well we plan our events, and I'll say it to my department every year, you know, even if we plan all of our partner brand engagements perfectly, we have got 10 days of, you know, an ideal scenario, the, the event starts and we just basically watch all the activations we plan for months happen. And the reality is that something's going to happen. Challenges are going to happen, logistics challenges, any number of things can happen. So being ready to read and react and, and, and focus on solutions is critical to success because in real time you're moving quickly. There's, it's not going to benefit anything to, to, to a panic or b point fingers. You know, what we need to do is really focus on solutions together with, with partner brands, with creatives that might be involved in a program with um, agencies that are supporting those initiatives and with multiple departments throughout the top by Southwest, whether it be messaging or programming, et cetera. So focusing on solutions is the, is, you know, it's really critical success and we just simply don't have time in the midst of such a robust program to start thinking about, okay, what went wrong and why did it go wrong? That's something we can, we can address and, and look into following the event. You said something I, I like to say often, read and react. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have a background in, in coaching youth hockey and you know, being a captain of a hockey team and, you know, uh, so I understand that the reality is, you know, we make a game plan, so to speak, and and we try to execute that game plan. But from from time to time, from play to play, things are not going to go exactly how we want, and and we have to be ready to read and react and 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 do it in a thoughtful way. So, you know, try to think out scenarios as much as we can without without uh, you know driving ourselves crazy. And then when we go to execute, you know, focusing on making the positive things happen, even when we're throwing a curveball. That could go on and on about some of the some crazy things that have happened on site that you wouldn't have wouldn't have anticipated. Right, exactly. Well, hey, thank you, Scott, for taking time out of your schedule again to come on Sane Show. Really appreciate it. Really enjoyed the conversation. Definitely insightful. So, I'm definitely going to have you going to have to have you back on the show sometime in the future. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it, and I'm happy to do it anytime. It's fun. Awesome. Cool deal. Thanks. So thank you again. Thank you listeners for continuing to like, share, subscribe, and spread the word about Sane Show. You guys already know how to find out about South by Southwest. So definitely stay in tune with what they have going on and everything that they're doing and all the updates that they'll be putting out. So with that being said, you guys are listening to Sane Show, the show about nothing and everything. And until next time, we're out.